This one feels like cheating a little bit. I want to talk about dreams today, even though I actually made a video about how much I love dreams the first time I did the video every day in November thing. This might be pretty similar, but I'll do my best to make it different. I know there's this trope of no one wanting to hear about other people's dreams, but that's not true for me, and maybe it's just because I want to feel justified when I want to tell everyone I know about my dreams, but I truly relish in other people's dream stories and never pass up an opportunity to hear. And here's why. Have you ever had a dream that you couldn't walk away from when you woke up? One that stuck with you all day, and not just the thought of it, but the way you felt, the reality of the story, lines you heard someone speak and can recall verbatim. When someone wants to tell you about their dream, it's because it's still floating around in their waking mind, wispy but persistent. It's so tempting to tell someone else, but an impossible task to replicate exactly what you saw, heard, and felt. It's something that literally only happened in your own brain and nowhere else, ever. I don't know much about the science of dreams, and I wish I knew more, but what I do know is that dreams are our brains processing the information it's stored about our real life and telling us stories or creating images to try to understand. It's almost like our brains creating art to help itself understand the world, but the meanings are subjective and up to interpretation even to us. And that's crazy. You're telling me you don't want to hear about the art everyone's brains make? I'm also very interested by the different types of dreams different people have. For example, my dreams often have a semi-coherent narrative. A lot of them play out like movies with cuts and explicit camera shots and words that come out of people's mouths, often full sentences I can remember later that felt like bits of a written script. But other people dream in wild images, replicas of memories, or dreams that come to them again and again. I've never actually had a recurring dream, and I find it a fascinating prospect. I constantly wish I could return to a dream I once had, and feel the same thing all over again. But all of my dreams are exclusive, one-night-only engagements that I'm left piecing together the scraps of what my consciousness held on to. I have this list in my phone notes of my top five. It hasn't been updated since August of 2012, but I think the most recent dream is no later than 2010. And that's not to say I haven't had a memorable dream since. I think I just had this concentration of five really impactful dreams in the span of a few years. The list is pretty set in stone based on the way I felt at the time, so I don't really want to overwrite anything with more recent dreams. The five on this list range from absurdly hilarious to coherently unsettling. The first dream I ever had that changed the way I felt for a whole day after came in late spring of my eighth grade year. It's a dream I now commonly refer to as Burgundy Vest Man, and I'm not sure I have it written out anywhere accessible today, but I could tell you exactly what happened from a memory that I'm sure now is incredibly augmented by multiple tellings and morphing details and bits that got filled in by my conscious brain to make sense. The dream was disturbing, but immersive, not a regular nightmare with monsters or arbitrary, unfounded fear. The monster was a person, and the person felt real and unpredictable and quietly vicious. Friends of mine were out fighting him, some were missing, and I was very afraid. And I'm not going to go into this one much more because its main event turned out to be uncomfortably premonitory for something that happened five years later, and it's not exactly mine to talk about, so sorry for that vaguely mystical teaser. The rest on the list are pretty ridiculous, though. I'll tell the story of a brief bit from the top five dream I rank as most humorous. It came in an era of my life when my whole being was fandom, 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 and so the dream kind of threw together an ensemble cast of characters from things I loved. It was the kind of dream that I wasn't really a part of and more so watched like a movie. It took a kind of space mission setting with sequential tasks and jobs to be completed by the crew of this ship, and the dream ended as follows. Give me a break for the content, it was the age of Tumblr. 
The last scene of this dream took place at what seemed to be a ritzy luncheon in a country club. A space country club? It seemed like a normal country club to me. Most of the characters were taking this chance to relax and have a decent meal, including apparent captain of this strange space mission, the BBC version of Sherlock Holmes. There was one member of the crew, however, who had a specific solo mission that only she was allowed to complete at this luncheon. A frazzled Hermione Granger bolted between well-set tables looking for something but unable to find it. Eventually, she came upon a buffet table and found exactly what she was looking for. A wicker basket lined with a white linen napkin filled with frozen, halved blueberry bagels. She looks desperately to a waiter passing by and says, Can I just take these? And he says, For minimum wage you can. Smash cut to Captain Sherlock bored but reclining at his luncheon table. His eyebrow twitches upward as he hears a disembodied voice shout from across the room of socialites, Sold to the Holmes party for three million pounds. And then I woke up. Now let me break down the details that get lost between the lines here, the kinds of facts that exist in dreams that are in no way explicit, but you just know. The comment the waiter made about minimum wage was meant to insinuate that there was an auction going on at which Hermione could bid on the bagels, and if she won, they were hers. And that's exactly what happens, except apparently the bidding war for this basket of frozen bagels was so cutthroat that someone hiked up the price to three million pounds before she could secure ownership of them. There was something so incredibly hilarious to me about all that. It was the kind of dream that I went about telling everyone I could for the next 24 hours. I woke up from it on a Saturday morning and I actually walked myself down to the corner market in the rain to procure a blueberry bagel because I couldn't get them out of my mind. I wish I could say the content of my dreams has matured with age and my brain no longer inserts people or characters I'm a fan of, but I guess some things just don't change. I have this piece of paper poking out of my desk caddy that I made a month ago, dated January 14th, 2019. A morning on which I woke up from a dream that was not particularly interesting in story, but there were a few images that I retained very vivid memory of. I'm not a visual artist and I do not draw, but I felt very compelled to try to sketch out some of the things for my own sake. The first drawing looks like a big old iPhone in a case. Across the top of the case, you see four names, each with three indicator lights below. The names are Sirius, Peter, Remus, and James. Yes, the Marauders from Harry Potter. I can't help who I am. But the idea behind this is briefly written next to the image. It was a phone case device in which you could establish Marauder identities to you and three friends, and when they were near or trying to contact you or something, the indicator lights would blink somewhere from green to red depending on proximity, or I don't know. I was the Remus. I always am. And I was testing this out and talking about it with my James in this scenario, who was a completely unidentifiable stranger though I guess he was a friend of mine in this dream world. He did look suspiciously like a knockoff James Potter though. The next image I sketched, this one much worse, is actually a girl's face. That first part of the dream jump cut to another part where I was sitting at a picnic table near a little diner-like establishment with quite a few people, my mother beside me, the owner of the winery I work for across from me, my sister to my other side, and then diagonal, a set of three sisters who I had just met for the first time. I was entranced by the middle sister who had black shoulder-length hair laced with fluorescent green streaks. She had a very edgy vibe, and I was a little bit smitten even though she never smiled and didn't have much to say. I recognized that her older sister was much more like me. She had a bit of a librarian vibe going on and looked just like her sister but with glasses and no fun hair color. But I just kept trying my luck at a connection with the middle sister. The youngest sat on her other side, quiet and small. 
Yeah, no, I'm sure this has nothing to do with myself and my relationship with my actual sisters, not at all. But I just remembered the face and hair of that middle sister so vividly that I tried to sketch her as well. It's very bad, but it does conjure the image to my brain so it won't slip away. I really value remembering my dreams. They're my brain's art. It's my responsibility to preserve them if there's something worth preserving. And even if they're not particularly worth preserving, it's still interesting to search through my phone notes for all of the stories my brain has told me over the years and let the images I saw come rushing back as I unlock them with the words I recorded. So yeah, if you have a dream and you want to tell someone about it, I am always open. Bring them on. This is day 20 of the February Project, a mini podcast where I'm making an audio piece of 10 minutes or less every day in the month of February 2019. If you want to talk to me about your dreams, you can get at me on Twitter. That's at Allison Perone. Perone has three R's in it, by the way. But this podcast lives on a website called Batcamp, and the music you heard was by Poddington Bear. <laughs>